It's Tuesday, September 15th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio today. It's my favorite financial columnist, Morgan Housel. Good to see you. How you doing? I'm good. I'm better than you because you're well. Because <laughs> you're not healthy. I, I have the plague. Let's get out of this studio. It's, I don't know why I locked you in the studio with me because <laughs> right. now I'm going to get sick. Right. Um, I don't know if you've heard, but the good people at the Federal Reserve have a meeting later this week. Have you heard anything about that? They're going to be doing something for the first time. And you know, the last time the Fed raised interest rates, I should say began raising interest rates, was 2004. I'm pretty sure that's true. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's been 11 years. It's been a while since the Fed began raising interest rates. You can't you can't go anywhere. You can't turn on financial television or open up the Wall Street Journal or read anything online without hearing about the Fed meeting later this week. And we'll get to that in a second. But I want to get your thoughts on Robert Schiller. Um, for those uh, unfamiliar, Robert Schiller of the Case Schiller Housing Index. Uh, Professor at Yale, also Nobel Prize winner. That's right. So, and we like Robert Schiller. Friend we like him a lot. Yeah. We've a friend of the fool. We've had him here to speak. Um, but I was struck by his appearance on CNBC this morning because one of the things I always like about Robert Schiller, beyond just that he's a really smart guy and uh, um, always has insights about housing, this is the first time I can remember seeing Robert Schiller. Essentially, admitting that he's nervous yeah. about the stock market and talking specifically about volatility, yeah. I, I was a little thrown by that. I was like, "Wait a minute, wait, are, you're kidding, right?" And no, he was dead serious. You know, I think what's important with Schiller when he's giving these what look like forecasts is that he would tell you that there is uh, a big difference between the market being overvalued and predicting what's going to happen next. And just because he might be nervous about valuations and volatility right now, that's not necessarily a forecast of what the market's going to do in the next month or year or even five years. Schiller brings up this point a lot, that the U.S. stock market was objectively overvalued, probably starting in 1995, definitely by 1996. And it kept rallying for another five years. So, that's not, that's not my forecast for what's going to happen today. But Schiller is pretty uh, makes pretty clear in most of his research that valuation is not a timing metric. That's it's not going to tell you what happens next. So if anyone were to watch Schiller and say, "Oh, that means I should go sell my stocks today because Nobel laureate is saying that they're expensive," I think he himself would would likely disagree with that. Let's talk about the Fed. The meeting is on. It's a two-day meeting. It's uh, starting on Wednesday, the sixteenth, and you can go back to last year, and people had circled the meeting dates in June of 2015. That that's looking like the time when the Fed is going to raise rates. That got pushed off, and everyone's trying to figure out: okay, are they going to raise rates or not? And if so, what should I do? I I, I told you before we started taping. I'm now at the point where I want them to raise rates simply. So that this doesn't get pushed off another three months. Just peel the band aid off and do Just it. Just peel off the band aid, and and I don't think the world's going to end if they raise rates a quarter of a percent. But there are certainly people out there who think it will. Well, it's, you know, it's pretty funny the difference between uh, raising rates and the level of interest rates. And if the Fed were to raise it or were to raise interest rates by a quarter of a percentage point, they would go from zero to a quarter of a percentage point. A quarter of a percentage point. 
So the idea that raising rates means that we're going to have high interest rates, it's nowhere even remotely close to that. If you look historically, the definition of high interest rates would be 10%. We're talking about a quarter of 1%. We're nowhere near the point where you should think that business activity is going to slow down, lending activity is going to slow down, that we're going to see you know, a big popping of some credit bubble. It's nowhere near that point now. So it's really just a symbolic move for the Fed to show that, hey, we are serious about this and we're not going to keep going on at zero interest rates indefinitely. I know you are a voracious reader. Have you read any books about the Federal Reserve? It struck me the other day that these meetings aren't open to the public, but I just thought for the first time, you know what? I think if I had the chance to just be a fly on the wall, I think I'd want to sit in on one of these. Yeah, that's funny. Last week, maybe it was two weeks ago, my wife and I were walking in downtown Alexandria, Virginia, here where the Molly Fool is located. And uh, in front of me was James Bullard, who is the president of the St. Louis Fed. And he was talking with someone else who I think was probably some other economist. And I jokingly told my wife, we should walk closer, see if we can get any information. <laughs> a tip. And, and, we did, and we did. And my wife said, he said something about China. I said, no, nah, that's, that's probably okay. But long story <laughs> short, we, 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 we did not get any, any, any intelligence from that. <laughs> how do you, wait a minute, how do you know what James Bullard even looks like? I, 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 I watch TV. I, I, read, I read papers. It's, it's, it's a different kind of rock star. I guess in that in that category, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, if anyone is uh, connected to the Fed that's listening now, get the word to James Bullard if, if he thinks he can spies if, spies in Alexandria. If he thinks he can just walk <laughs> in the D.C. area, uh, un, unbeknownst to anyone, no, his anonymity <laughs> is not nearly as great as he might think it is. Yeah. Um, but would you want to sit in on one of those meetings? And and uh, like me, do you hope that it's just a knockdown dragout? Fight. There's definitely. I mean, it's well known that there is disagreement within the Fed of some policymakers that think we should absolutely raise rates now, and others who think it's a crazy idea to raise interest rates as commodity prices are falling and the job market isn't that crazy strong right now. So there's definitely disagreement within there. You know what I would be interested in is uh, how Janet Yellen manages the other Fed policymakers. It was well known that Greenspan, Alan Greenspan, took control over the meetings. I think Ben Bernanke was more open to outside criticism. I'd be very interested to see how how Yellen manages that, I, and I really have no idea yeah. what it is. I think I, I agree with that. I think it would be interesting to see just for anyone, regardless of what you do for a living, if you've ever sat in a meeting. Or you've managed a meeting. It's it's not a skill everybody has. Yeah. Presumably, it's a skill that she possesses. But uh, to your point, it's um, there are different ways to manage meetings. I have to believe she's good at it in part because everything I've read about Janet Yellen tells me that she is a people person. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> I was going to say she is. Almost always the smartest person in the room, whatever room she walks into. But she she does not uh, appear to have any sort of outward arrogance about her. Right. Which I think certainly Greenspan and to a lesser extent Bernanke did. What do you think they're going to do? I would, if I had to put the odds on it, I would say eighty percent chance that they do not cut. And twenty percent chance that they do. Wait, wait, wait! Do, do not do not raise rates. I'm sorry. Eighty percent chance that they do not raise rates, and a twenty percent chance that they they do raise rates. Yeah. And do you think there's a one hundred percent chance that 
some number of people will freak out no matter what they do? Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's definitely a a contingency of stock traders out there who will think the Fed raising interest rates is the worst thing that can ever happen, even if they're just trading on the idea that other people will think that, like this second derivative kind of thinking of like, well, if other people are going to think this is bad news, then I should consider it bad news too. So I think, I mean, it's it's like the worst forecast, but, you know, expect volatility. <laughs> it's, it's, it, I feel like that's the dumbest thing that anyone can say. But yeah, I think whenever there's big news, especially with something like raising interest rates for the first time in a decade, there's going to be people that aren't comfortable with that. But certainly, of course, the standard advice is for long-term investors. The odds that you will look back 20 years from now at the Fed rate meeting of September 2015 are pretty low. <laughs> Honey, do you remember where you were on (laughs) September 17th in the afternoon when the Fed announced? Uh, I know we focus on stocks for a living, but a lot of people uh, own bonds. What what do you imagine the the people in the bond community? What do you think anyone who makes their living with bonds, the good people at Pimco, right? What are they thinking as all of this unfolds? You know, we've had a 35 year run of interest rates pretty much consistently falling from the early 1980s until now. They've gone more or less straight down. And bonds move in the opposite way of interest rates. So when interest rates fall, bonds do really well. And we've had this a 35-year bull market, which has never happened in stocks, 35 years uninterrupted. And it's I think it has almost certainly created a false sense of safety among professionals and amateur bond investors alike, that bonds are safe. And the history of bonds will show, I think, that is anything they, they can be anything but safe. There is a period from after World War II until the early 1980s, where after inflation, bonds, 10-year Treasury bonds lost 40% of their value. And that was because interest rates were rising consistently. So, and, and I think just a lot of investors, especially retirees, aren't, aren't comfortable or even aware with that possibility. And so, I think the one investor who should be worried about the Fed raising interest rates are investors who own long-term bonds. If you own 20 or 30-year bonds, those bonds will lose a substantial amount of money as interest rates rise. It's nearly certain that 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 will be the case. And I think a lot of investors plowed money into those types of bonds in recent years because they offered what looked like higher interest rates. But people are going to soon realize that that also comes with substantially higher risk. Well, we also saw people selling bonds and buying over the I'm going to say over the last 5 years or so we saw people selling bonds and buying big dividend paying stocks yeah. simply for that because they could just get a better return you know and it was people looking at utility ex- stocks and one yeah, I remember, Exxon, I remember Mobile, an example Microsoft was- whatever just saying you know what I don't care that you know great if the stock rises but regardless I'm going to get an, uh, a dividend payment better than what I'm going to get out of a bond right I remember one example this is about a year ago but the numbers are probably roughly the same during this period Apple was trading at I think 15 times earnings and consolidated Edison was trading at like 24 times earnings <laughs> So when you, and you think of that, why is why is that? It's because Consolidated Edison pays a huge dividend, and people want yield, so they're going to flock to those kind of companies. And I think to the extent that's true, you, you'll probably see those type of companies act in the same way as bonds. And as interest rates rise, the air and the hype and the excitement around utility companies will will flow out. Have you blocked off some time Thursday afternoon to do some tweeting about whatever the decision is? I should. Twitter gets really exciting around these types of events. You get some really smart, witty people that just let loose. It's fun. 
One of the people to follow on Twitter is Morgan Housel. If you're not on Twitter, really, just start with Morgan and then go from there. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time.